Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to yet again another episode of Catching Up with College Football. As now we're on episode 8. I'm pretty sure it's episode 8, so if the title's completely different, y'all can clown me all y'all want. But, um, and guys, in today's Catching Up with um, College Football episode, we've got a lot we've got to talk about. Former Oklahoma State star quarterback Spencer Sanders finally announced where he was going to be committing and it probably is going to shock a lot of you when I tell y'all and probably for the reasons of why he went to this school. We also saw a lot of offensive coordinators get some new jobs. TCU star offensive coordinator. Normally you don't say that about a coach, but Garrett Riley was exactly that for the for the Horn Frogs this past year, leading them to a national championship appearance. He just got hired by Clemson. So TCU had to go find themselves a new offensive coordinator and who they hired has left TCU TCU's fan base a little bit in distraught and definitely split because well the last name of this guy is something that TCU fans have hated for a while now we've got a lot of other news going on some star players that are returning to their schools like Texas star linebacker Jalen Ford and then Ohio State star linebacker Tommy Eichenberg and then also we're going we have one recruiting news we got to talking about and it's regarding the number one cornerback in the class of 2023 and when we could potentially see him flip his commitment from Miami to a certain school out west so guys make sure y'all make sure you, uh, before we do start Make sure that y'all are following the podcast. Make sure you've got notifications on so you can stay up to date with anything and everything college football and Cover 7 related. Because, guys, you definitely don't want to miss out. We cover it on a weekly, day-to-day basis, whatever. You know, we, we've got it covered. So, guys, thank you so much for all your support. If you truly do like the podcast and you really do like what you're listening to and everything like that, and you want to up your support a little bit, there is a monthly supporter program down at Anchor.fm where it's pretty much just a monthly subscription it's 99 cents a month 4.99 a month or if you are feeling extra generous it's 10 or it's 9.99 a month as well so guys it's not required not expected simply y'all dropping a listen means the world to me and you know like i always say i don't want to waste y'all's time i don't want to waste my time either so let's get to talking some college football and you know as we always kick it off we talk about some transfer portal news and well one of the best players in the transfer portal and former Oklahoma State star quarterback Spencer Sanders, he he officially announced his commitment on Thursday. And this was a school that, to be honest, I thought was going to be out of contention for him because the final two schools to land Spencer Sanders and, you know, when he left Oklahoma State, it was widely known that he was going to want to head to the SEC. And I don't blame him because during his career with Oklahoma State, he threw for about 10,000 yards and 67 touchdowns. But the one thing that's always hampered him has been the fact that he throws a lot of interceptions. So to his 67 touchdowns, he's also had 40 picks, which is not the greatest, but still, this guy's a super talented cat and definitely under the right coaching tree, could really establish himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Not just in his conference, but one of the best in the nation. So, when he hit the portal, largely knew he's going to be going to the SEC. And some of the final schools to land him were Ole Miss, um, Auburn, and I, I want to say Kentucky or Missouri or just another, you know, another school out in the SEC. And well, the final two to land him were Ole Miss and Auburn. And you know, when you're looking at earlier on in this week, whenever former five-star quarterback Walker Howard, who was one of the top recruits in the class of 2022, didn't really get an opportunity to play at LSU, which obviously he's sitting behind Jaden Daniels. You've also got, um, I forgot the other backup's name. So he likely was never really going to see the field a lot regardless, even when Jaden Daniels left. So he decided to enter the portal, and earlier this week, he decided to, you know, commit to 
um, Ole Miss. Now, being a little, now being a TCU fan, I was a little bit salty about this because I felt, I mean, you could immediately start here at TCU, right? Max Duggan's headed to the NFL draft. You know, that, that spot's wide open for you. But obviously, in the world of NIL, it's a little bit different. And once again, I always like to say this, do not blame the player because if you were in the same scenario as them, you would gladly take that huge paycheck that that booster or company is paying you to go to that school. And obviously, the SEC is very attractable for a lot of young players. So, so Walker Howard, he announced he'd be transferring to Ole Miss. So it likely looked like, okay, Spencer Sanders, there's only one real destination, and that's going to be Auburn, right? Because Auburn, they badly need a starting quarterback. TJ Finley didn't look good at all. Robbie Ashford... You know, although him being very athletic, it's still a lot of raw potential with that kid. He, you know, he balled out towards the end of the season against um, Alabama, but still, you want to get yourself a very proven quarterback. And Spencer Sanders, being at Oklahoma State for the past four years, is exactly that. And then on Thursday, early in the morning, we got some we got some dropping news, and and uh, Spencer Sanders announced that he would actually be committing to Ole Miss. Now, this move I think is 100% money based, and what I don't understand is the fact that Jackson Dart, who was a former USC you know, quarter starting quarterback and transferred to Ole Miss, so right now their whole quarterback room consists of transfers. Why would you why would you need to go find a new starting quarterback? I don't really understand this move because you went out and got Walker Howard, who has four years of eligibility left, was likely gonna be, you know, the replacement guy whenever Jackson Dart leaves. So you already have your quarterback room situated. Why do you go out and get a guy like Spencer Sanders who, in all you know, in all honesty, may not even win the starting job, but he only has one year of eligibility left? And if you're a guy like Spencer Sanders, it, the only reason this move makes sense is because it's money-based. There's no way that you would give up an easy starting position at Auburn to go to Ole Miss where you're now going to have to battle two other former highly touted quarterbacks coming out of their respective classes. You know, one... Already started the entire season last year and looked pretty good in that season in Jackson Dart. So, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see how it goes. But definitely, it's a little bit interesting now, the quarterback room at Ole Miss, because now you have Jackson Dart, a former very highly touted four-star quarterback coming out of California. Was, I think it was Utah. Utah. And then you got Walker Howard, former five-star in last year's class. And now you've got Spencer Sanders, who's been one of the most proven quarterbacks during his time at Oklahoma State. So, I mean, hey, if you're Lane Kiffin, you got plenty of toys to play with, but at the same time, really questionable move by Spencer Sanders because there were a lot of other SEC schools that he could have started at immediately. But regardless, he made his decision, and it is what it is. Now, y'all, for our next transfer portal news, and actually our last portal news that we do have, we're going to be talking about former four-star recruit and, you know, one of the bigger pieces of that historic, you know, 2022 Texas A&M recruiting class. We're talking about Smoke Bowie. Now, Smoke Bowie didn't really play a ton for the Aggies last year, which largely is just due to the fact that he probably fell a little bit down in depth chart because Aggies were incredibly stacked on the defensive side of the football. Now, he's from Georgia and, you know, obviously was really considering Georgia, but the paycheck he probably got from A&M is what drove him to go all the way out to College Station. But he decided to enter the transfer portal and now is headed back to Georgia as he committed to Georgia, I want to say a little bit um, later last week. 
So Georgia, after winning, you know that winning absolutely blowing out my Horn Frogs in the national championship, they now are able to add another cornerback piece, especially you know the fact that they're going to be losing Khalid Ringo to the NFL draft, one of the top prospects in this upcoming NFL draft. So. Getting a guy like Smoke or Smoke Bowie, who hometown kid and everything like that, is going to be huge for that Bulldogs defense. So, guys, now that's it with transfer portal news. I mean, y'all can let me know about the Spencer Sanders stuff because I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head about why would he go there. But I think we all know the true reason about why he would go there. So, um, anyway, guys, let's talk about some coaching news. Now, we had a decent amount of coaching news happen. We had some. We had a DC for Alabama. Their defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, he actually decided that he would flip over to Ole Miss as well. So. Ole Miss has been dropping a bag, whether it was whether it's been players, whether it's been coaching positions, you know, they've they've been dropping a bag definitely. And you know, for Ole Miss, their defense very inconsistent at times. But I don't know necessarily if Pete Golding is going to be your exact um exact uh savior in terms of stopping defenses in the SEC because when Nick Saban got Pete Golding from UTSA. It was kind of a whoa. That's a, definitely a reach of a hire, but he had some good, you know, had some good teams there with him during his time as Alabama's defensive coordinator. But I know, and I've just, you know, watching some Alabama games, also being able to, you know, listen to some Alabama fans and everything like that. They're definitely not too upset about losing losing this guy because he definitely has hampered their ability to, you know, really go back to the days when Alabama had super, and I mean super talented defenses. I mean, when you had guys like Marlon Humphrey, Minka Fitzpatrick, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, I mean, the list goes on and on and on with all of those guys, and they were completely dominant. And then Pete Golden comes in, and he has, I would say, pretty much almost the equal amount of talent but still allows about 45 points a game. That's not something you really see that often from an Alabama coach team. And, well, with him leaving, that now allows Alabama to go out and find another replacement. So, But if you're Ole Miss, I mean, hey, you get a guy that has proven he can be a good defensive coach, still kind of a wild card in my opinion, but regardless, still a good hire for Lane Kiffin and the Rebels as they get their new defensive coordinator in Pete Golding. So, and then also some other you know smaller news that we did have, which I don't know necessarily is smaller news, but still one of the best recruiters in all the country, Ohio State wide receiver coach Brian Hartline. He's actually now been promoted to offensive coordinator for Ohio State. Now, as much as I personally am a big fan of Brian Hartline, I absolutely love what he's been able to do for the Buckeyes, the amount of wide receiver talent he's brought into the NFL with guys like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jamison Williams. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And there's going to be so many more guys that are going to do that, like Marvin Harrison Jr. in next year's NFL draft class. So it makes sense why they want to promote him to offensive coordinator. The only thing that I'm questioning is the fact that he really hasn't had a lot of time to you know play call and everything like that. But you haven't seen any players complaining about it whatsoever. There's a reason why Ryan Day and that coaching staff are promoting him. So... Obviously, he's got a full offseason to work on it and everything like that. And I mean, I don't really question the hire or question the promotion necessarily because he's already been he's already been rumored to be getting head coaching gigs around the country. So the fact that at least Ohio State's able to promote him will at least keep him with the Buckeyes probably for the next few seasons. So great promotion for Ryan Day of the Buckeyes as they as they promote easily the top recruiter in all of college football to now be their offensive coordinator. So. 
And since we're speaking about, you know, since we're speaking about offensive coordinators and guys getting promoted and everything like that, let's head down to Funky Town, aka Fort Worth, Texas, as TCU's offensive coordinator Garrett Riley, who was able to flip a five and seven team during the 2021 season into a national championship appearing team, were able to upset Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. Had plenty of great offensive performances during the year, and you know. It was already very widely known that he was getting huge settlement offers from a lot of other schools like Texas A&M, which I personally thought was going to be the one you know school he would go to, stay in the state of Texas and everything like that. But he actually declined that offer. And then, and now I'm not saying this is why TCU lost the national championship game, but shortly after the national championship game, it came out that Clemson would be hiring Garrett Riley to become their next offensive coordinator. And the funny thing is, only a few hours earlier, Clemson had actually fired their current offensive coordinator, Brandon Streeter. So a few hours later, they then hired Garrett Riley. So this was something that was obviously in the works for probably numerous days at that time, which begs the question, was TCU's lack of offense in the national championship also, you know, as bad as it was, was it also a factor of the fact that Garrett Riley was already mentally prepared to head out to Clemson? Now, I'm not saying that's the main reason because obviously Georgia, they were just outright the better team in that game. But still kind of have to beg the question, was that a factor? You know, the team knew it and everything like that. But regardless, Clemson, they go out and get themselves one of the best offensive coordinators and the Broyles Award winner, which is given to the best assistant coach in the country. So Clemson, they're getting themselves a proven play caller. But I would not be too excited, though, if you are Clemson because – once the opportunity arises for this guy to even get some type of head coaching gig, he's likely going to be gone. And I'm not saying it just because his brother's Lincoln Riley, but I am going to you know, make sure that y'all take it with a grain of salt because his play calling is still very, very questionable at times. You know, you've got moments like during the Big 12 championship game when TCU it was third and goal, you're on the one-yard line. You run the ball twice up the middle with the same running back in Kendra Miller, and you get stopped. So, and then also... Don't even get me started about bubble screens and everything like that because we have them way too often. But regardless, you give a guy like like Garrett Riley all these tools and everything like that, which he'll definitely get at Clemson. So I think this can be a great hire for the Tigers, who definitely have been lacking a lot of offensive production these past few years. You know, with DJ Ugalele as their starting quarterback, and now that they're going into new era with Cade Klubnik, I think the you know future is really bright for this Clemson team. So excuse me, guys. I think this future is really bright for this Clemson team. So, hey, they go out and go get one of the top offensive coordinators in the country to become their next offensive coordinator and TCUOC, Garrett Riley. And, obviously, with Garrett Riley heading out to Clemson, that means the offensive coordinator position down there in Fort Worth is now open. And, oh, man, you know, me being a TCU fan, this one hurts a little bit more, but... You know, I understand the whole factor of this guy's a great coach and everything like that. So TCU, there was a few candidates and everything like that. But the most notable one that really, you know, really caught the eye was Arkansas offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles. Now, people are probably wondering, what's the big deal, right? It's just another offensive coordinator and everything like that. Well, he is actually he is the son of former Baylor head coach Art Bryles. And as you all know, especially everybody in the state of Texas, TCU and Baylor hate each other. And also to add, you know, add salt to the wound, you have that whole sexual assault situation and everything that went down during Art Bryles' time at Baylor, which Kendall Bryles was on the staff. 
Now, also to the same time, TCU strength and conditioning coach, Coach Cause, he was also there at the same time as well, which they hired him last year when Sonny Dykes came over from SMU. So TCU's already pretty much shown that Okay, they they're not scared to hire a guy that was involved in that whole thing. And our brows or not our brows, Kendall Browse is not a bad play caller whatsoever. You know, he's been able to, you know, give Arkansas some pretty decent success these past few years. Not saying they've been absolutely fantastic, but he's done pretty good. I mean, helped KJ Jefferson become one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. You know, they're they've been a really good running team with you know Rocket Sanders in the backfield. So as a TCU fan, I'm excited for him being a being our offensive coordinator because of what he'll be able to bring to the offense. Now, I think if Max was still here, that'd probably work a little bit more to Max's strengths because Max was one of the best running quarterbacks in the nation this past season, which we didn't see a lot of quarterback design runs from him. But um, the and then the other bad part, obviously, is the fact that well, not only is not only is his last name Bryles. He's actually, you know, he's he's literally the son of one of the most hated people by NTCU. So it's it's one of those situations where this is definitely a very questionable hire in terms of integrity and everything like that. But I coach or I trust Coach Dykes. I understand what he's trying to build here at TCU, and obviously, you know, Kendall Browse has been to other schools ever since that. You know, went to FAU, went to Florida State, and then went over to Arkansas to become their um, offensive coordinator these past few years. So. As much as a lot of people may question the hire, you've got to understand at the same time, he's already been to other programs, which a lot of them have been other bigger programs like Florida State and Arkansas. So as much as you want to question it, it is what it is. He's already hired and everything like that. So former Arkansas offensive coordinator Kendall Browse is officially heading down to Fort Worth to become the offensive coordinator for the TCU Horned Frogs after Garrett Riley left for Clemson. But anyway... That's enough talking about, you know, coaching changes and everything like that because it feels like we've had an absolute ton of coaching changes here just this past year. But um, regardless, now let's talk about some uh, some draft news, right? Some guys that are declaring, some guys that are staying. And, well, first and foremost, let's talk about one of the top prospects in the draft and who's presumed to be a top five draft pick in Ohio State quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Now, C.J. Stroud... There were a lot of rumors going around that apparently Ohio State was offering him a huge NIL deal that could potentially, you know, waver his idea from going to the NFL. Now, obviously, NFL money, you can't really compare it, but definitely if you give a kid probably about almost the same amount as a signing bonus, maybe potentially he'd want to stick around for another year. Also, considering the fact that C.J. Stroud is, is I think, 0 for 2, or he's 0 and 2 against Michigan during his time as the starting quarterback of the Buckeyes, so that might also factor into it a little bit. But regardless, despite literally going down to the final day until you could declare, CJ Stroud would finally announce that he is going to the draft. So for all those people out there in the NFL that are needing a quarterback, CJ Stroud is officially entering. And well, I know if you're Ohio State, you're like, man, we could almost have him because he waited so long. But in all reality, the amount of money he's probably going to earn from the NFL wouldn't even be comparable to to like a small little NIL contract they probably would have gave him. So, regardless, that's the one big guy I want to talk about that actually declared for the NFL draft. But we have some of the better linebackers in the country, which are actually sticking around for their final year of eligibility. And the first one I want to talk about, since we're already talking about Ohio State, I want to talk about Ohio State star linebacker Tommy Eichenberg, who this past season had 120 tackles. And was also a second-team All-American. And was and was really a center, you know, really good 
center uh, centerpiece in that Ohio State defense, which was led by Jim Knowles. And, I mean, this guy was an absolute stud. Pretty much any time you see a guy getting down and tackled, Tommy Eichenberg was right there. And really, if he left Ohio State, that would have been a huge loss, especially for the defense. But he actually decided that he will be returning for his fifth season with the Buckeyes. So Ohio State, they get one of their best players back on defense. And Definitely will be a huge boost for them going into the 2023 season. And then finally, for our final player that is going to be returning next season, I want to talk about Texas Longhorn star linebacker Jalen Ford. Now, Jalen Ford easily also could have won Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Now, Felix and UDK Ozama for Kansas State, he ended up winning it, the edge rusher for the Wildcats, which that dude's an absolute beast and also declared for the NFL Draft. But Jalen Ford had a monster season, had 119 tackles on the year, four interceptions. And if he had declared, he probably would have been an early day two pick. So probably late second, early third round. So definitely could have made some money in the NFL, but likely knowing the fact that how stacked this year's draft class is, probably could you know play another year, better my stock, and be able to also have some really good success with the Longhorns and the great 2023 recruiting class that they brought in. He decided to stick around. And this is huge for Longhorns, right? Not only are they losing a lot of good players on defense with guys like Snacks Coburn, their um, starting nose tackle, DeMarvian Overshone, one of the one of the best safeties in the Big 12. You're also losing Deshaun Jameson. But getting a guy like Jalen Ford back who really, you know, kind of similar to Tommy Eichenberg, was all over the field last season for the Longhorns, this is huge for that defense. So, Jalen Ford, the star linebacker for Texas, has announced that he will be returning for his senior campaign. Now, finally, guys, for our final news here in Catching Up with College Football, Episode 8, and I'm hoping this is actually Episode 8 because I'm going to feel so bad if, I, if I've been saying Episode 8 and it's Episode 7. But um, anyways, y'all, the one recruiting news that I do want to talk about, and like we mentioned it in our little intro that we had going on, we gotta be talk. We gotta talk about the number one cornerback in the class of 2023 in Miami commit Cormani McLean. Now Cormani, you know, originally committed to Miami. What was a shocking move? A lot of people thought he was headed to Florida and everything like that, but decided to head to Mar- You know, head with the Hurricanes and Mario Cristobal, which likely was due to the fact huge NIL deal, which pretty much seems like what every move is nowadays. But you know, once Deion Sanders. Had you know went to Colorado, went to the Pac-12, and became the head coach of the Buffs. It drew a lot of interest. It drew a lot of interest from a lot of different recruits. We saw it with former Notre Dame commit running back Dylan Edwards. He decided to head to the Buffaloes. There's been a lot of transfer guys that have already headed out to um, Boulder. And I, and Cormani McLean, who and, and I just want to say the way that Cormani handled this was a little bit little bit sketchy because. Now, there were pictures that were floating around, and apparently on, like, so Deion Sanders, his son, Deion Sanders Jr., he has a YouTube channel, which is absolutely amazing. Y'all should definitely go check it out. He had posted in a thumbnail of a cornerback wearing number seven, which is the number that Cormani McLean, McLean wears, you know, lining up against Deion Sanders, which you put two and two together. It's obviously Cormani, but then Cormani a little bit later would go on Instagram and put on his story, that he's in Tampa, Florida. Now, he's from around that area. He's from Florida. So it's like, okay, cool. That's just a blank rumor. And then I think about a day later, he literally posts a whole five to six photo Instagram post of him at Colorado. And it's like, just say you're there. There's no reason to hide it. We already knew you were there. I mean, it's funny. He's kind of, you know, trying to troll everybody and everything like that. But, man, it's not something you need to do, my guy. But, um, but anyway, 
And also, too, after that official visit that he had with Deion Sanders and Colorado, he actually started receiving a lot of crystal balls, which in case you don't know what crystal balls are in the college football recruiting world, that's pretty much a prediction that that recruit is going to end up going to that school or that kid's going to end up flipping or that kid's going to transfer there. You know, you kind of get the gist of it. And he started receiving a ton of Colorado crystal balls. So let me know what y'all think. Do y'all think Cormani is going to end up heading to Boulder and joining Coach Prime? I think, honestly, that'd probably be the best move for him because not only are you going to be probably getting coached by arguably one of the best athletes of all time, you're going to be able to boost your draft, draft stock a lot by being able to go be able to go get coached by Coach Prime and also be in the same cornerback room as former number one recruit in the class of 2022, Travis Hunter. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's Catching Up with College Football episode. Let me know what was y'all's favorite part. Obviously, the Spencer Sander news kind of threw me off a little bit. The Cormani McLean little saga that he had going on at, going on at Colorado. That was pretty funny. But regardless, make sure y'all do hit the follow button, hit the notification bell. Make sure y'all stick around and everything like that. And, guys, I appreciate all the support and everything that y'all do. Make sure y'all watch plenty of playoff football that we have going on this weekend. We got some pretty good games going on. And then also make sure to tune back here on Monday as we will be dropping the recap for the NFL Divisional Round. So, guys, thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.